invite you for the next half hour to join us for interviews, discussion, inspiration and for strategies to help you fulfil your potential both in life and in business. And welcome back to Remarkable Woman Radio. I am Mandy Beverly, and I am here today with a very special guest, Jodie Sutter, who is um, all the way in the US. And um, it's my pleasure to have you here today, Jodie. It's a pleasure to be here. That's now, hopefully, we don't have too much of a delay on the line, but everything sounds really clear. But I just want to introduce Jody to you because Jody is a business development coach. She's a trainer and she's a consultant, and she works with all the leadership at small ad agencies. So what she does is help them really um, fine tune and activate their natural talents for sales and marketing. And she really helps them both work towards their strengths and to take in a lot of the available resources that are there to really build um, to build their business. So they're working smarter, not harder, and they're also talking directly to their customers. Um, now, Jody, I also see that you have written a book as well, which I love the title. Uh, it's called A Small Agency's Guide to Winning New Business. So um, obviously you must have lots of good little secrets in there that can be applied to lots of businesses, not just to agencies. Is that right? Oh, absolutely. I, you know, I think that a lot about um, I, my mission is to help these these business owners, these small business owners who primarily are business owners of creative businesses but their focus so often is on the creativity providing and supplying creative solutions to their clients that they lose sight of their natural ability to be persuasive and to sell. Or even worse, they have a real downright fear of selling and promoting themselves. And uh, I think there, I think a lot of people, I think that's shared by a lot of business owners, even if you're not in creative business. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think the book mm-hmm. could help a lot. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. So, Jody, what inspired you to get started? Oh my goodness! You know, I think in a lot of like a lot of stories, uh, I would love to say that it was something that I felt for years was like this burning mission. But it's something, that, quite frankly, that I've grown into. I've really grown into my mission. I started my business to be completely honest as a uh, out of necessity. It was. Um, the, the the initial seeds of my business were started during the economic downturn, uh, felt especially strongly here in the United States in 2009. Um, I played with the idea for a few years. To be honest, I sort of hung out a shingle because I figured while I was looking for, I had been laid off at a big corporate job, and I figured while I was looking for another big corporate job, um, I might as well start my own business. At least it looks like I'm keeping busy. And you know what? <laughs> I I did stay busy. Now, I went back and forth. I did actually go and take a couple of other full-time jobs. But it's interesting. I kept coming back to this. Uh, And for the first few years, then, I did it a little haphazardly. But it was really in the last couple of years where I decided that my best customer were these small business owners, these small agency owners, and where, where really my mission is to help them connect to this natural talent that they have to sell and be persuasive. I believe that no one should feel like they are not in control of how to generate revenue for their business. 
Yeah, because what is there? Um, what are sort of common common problems that they seem to go down before they find someone like you that can then really harness that their their as you say their own internal power and their natural talent? Because these are all creative people, right? So they, you know, they are right. they've got lots of talent. Um, so what sort of things do they do? Because I'm sure it happens in a lot of our businesses. We all spin our wheels on lots of things that actually don't produce results. Yes. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of times, let's see, there are several scenarios that I've found. Sometimes I work with agencies that are quite established. And what they find is that they have gotten by for years with uh, through referrals and through word of mouth and through building one relationship upon another, and there and there's there's nothing wrong with that until it all dries up. Mm-hmm. And for some agencies, it never does, and that's great. And, but when it does, all of a sudden, I think these agencies then have to realize that they need to do a much better job of selling themselves, of packaging what makes them special, and communicating that to people who don't know them yet. The other thing I find are agencies that maybe have gotten by with uh, doing business development, going out and meeting prospects that they don't know and then converting them into customers. But they have done it in a way that is uh, opportunistic. So really people find them as most of them finding the people. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then they pitch really hard. They, they have to, you know, it becomes a numbers game. They have to... Um, pitch 10 companies for maybe one or two to say yes and I think what happens for a lot of creative agencies is they're so enthusiastic about they're both enthusiastic as well as a little bit um, uh, unsure about what they really offer when where their value is so they tend to over express they tend to oversell um, and they also tend to um, I'm trying to think of the best way of putting it yeah. They, I think because they don't have the objectivity, they tend to be very unspecific about the value they offer. It's super easy for them to rely on uh, overused generalizations and, and descriptors like, like being innovative or being creative or being relentless in their pursuit of, of, uh, of excellence for their clients. And those are the kinds of things that don't really tell a client that much. And so I help them get very clear on what their value is and how to communicate that. Brilliant. You know, and that's so important, isn't it? Just when you sort of said that people can get very unspecific and they get very generalized and they're just sort of using these these terms that have been sort of hacked around for a long time. And um, and yeah. really their job is to how, how to stand out in a crowd and, um, you know, in the crowded marketplace where everyone's using that. So I love that and just actually yeah. being able to cre- um, um, increase someone's value and, um, and how they come across. I think it's so important um, because, as you say, there's just so much noise out there that, you know, people are wanting to know who the person is, how can they make it different? And that's when I, I guess our uniqueness um, and our ability to utilize that and communicate yeah. that must be so important. That's really cool. I love that. And um, yeah. So do you think, you know, like obviously we're in New Zealand here and you're over in the States and enjoying summer, by the way. (laughs) Um, um, The end of summer. Yeah, end of summer. We're kind of at the end of winter here. We're all looking forward to spring. So, um, but are you, um, do you find that the same problems happen around the world with creative agencies? 
it's so interesting. I do. I think there are, uh, I, I have not actually worked with a lot of agencies. I've never worked with any agencies in New Zealand, so full disclosure there. <laughs> and I've had some interaction with agencies in Australia, but I've never, I've not had a, a client in Australia. But I have worked uh, throughout North America and in uh, in Europe, especially in the UK. So there are cultural differences. There are cultural differences between the United States and Canada. There are cultural differences between New York and Los Angeles. Um, but I do find that the, I think what it, does, it really boils down to some unfortunate natural human instincts and uh, we're all human, <laughs> no matter where we live. No matter so, where yes, we live. Yeah, the, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I, I find that the, the problems are remarkably similar. That's great. And so, and once people get you on board and they um, have your huge experience that you've got there, um, and they're now looking at their business with a more of a strategic eye on it, how um, how easy is it then for them to actually start to recognize their own natural talents and actually start to separate themselves from everybody else around them? You know, some for some agency owners, they take to it more easily than others. And I would say the biggest obstacle for me is getting people to change their habits. Um, I was on a coaching session a little bit earlier today with one of my clients, and he's a small agency owner. And he wanted me to, uh, we spent some time on a uh, slide presentation that he's going to be making to a potential client. It's a client he's worked with before, but um, he's pitching for a big new project with them. And he wanted me to, he wanted me to walk through it with him so I could offer feedback. And what's so interesting is that I was happy to offer feedback, but, um, and I don't want to say resistant is in some ways the wrong word, but he was open and yet resistant at the same time. He was open on the surface, and yet I could feel when I was providing um, the feedback that he needed that um, he, it was, it was hard for him to wrap his head around the fact that he had to think differently, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it does, because what you're looking at, I'm sure that the client will be picking up as well, because once you're, when you're in your project, you don't, it's very hard to get perspective, and you think like you've done done yeah. the best, but um, feedback from the outside, I think, is so important, just getting a different perspective, and um, um, because, yeah, because yeah, otherwise it's um, it's just more of the same, and you don't know what you're doing wrong, and yeah. um, so having someone like you in that has that kind of 30,000 foot view view on on the whole company not just one um one pitch necessarily must be really useful actually yeah okay you know the other thing too i find and this may also apply to uh, a broader audience of business owners is um stepping into an expert mindset um Mm. this idea uh, and I think once you can step into an expert mindset as opposed to a vendor mindset, the vendor will um, will 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 fall back on uh, you know, more information than is necessary. Let me show you all my my shiny baubles and hope that I'll, I'll dazzle you with my with my brilliance. Whereas the the expert um, is much more likely to be willing to. Um, how do I put this? Open, ask open-ended questions. 
for instance, mm-hmm. uh, would be much more likely to walk in and from a point of view of, of interviewing the prospect as much as the prospect is interviewing him or her. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and I love that just coming at things from expert mindset rather than a vendor mindset. I think that's so important because straight yeah. away um, for any business, then you're actually standing in the power of your business rather than trying to be like everybody right. else. And um, and it's sort of, yeah. it's more about offering you know, finding out how you can actually serve the client more rather than standing in that um, transactional mindset where it's like, well, how am I going to make this work? Yeah. And, and suddenly you're, you know, you're, you're kind of out of that high-level thinking. Um, so I love that. I love that right. distinction. Thank you for that. Um, and I think for all It'll of us... It also sometimes helps you change the rules of the game too a bit as well. Ooh, we like being rule breakers. So how do you find that happens? <laughs> I think it goes back to that those open-ended questions. So rather than, you know, I think our, our clients, agent, the clients of agencies, they tend to be directors of marketing, chief marketing officers at, uh, at client companies. So as large as PepsiCo and as small as the local retailer down the block. So I think agencies with these more marketing services companies, and this could be social media agency, it could be a graphic designer, it could be a film person. They, if you have a, when you have a, that expert mindset, you're much more likely to walk in, ask those open-ended questions, um, test the client's assumptions. This mm-hmm. actually happened, this also happened with another client of mine this week where the, um, the client came back and said, well, um, here's the, here's the, the path that we need to go down. And it has to do with building consensus internally and and uh, it was causing a delay in the project. So what I advise my client is to say, rather than take that at face value, and that's probably completely accurate information, but probe a little bit. What, what's the reason behind the consensus? Because once you need, once you know the reason behind a decision on the client's part, then you can start to apply better ideas. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, yeah, so asking those open-ended questions and not being afraid to probe in a diplomatic and friendly way, of course. You don't <laughs> want to be overly aggressive. No, but, uh, but it really helps hmm. build trust. I think that's so, it's just so wise, you know, and, and why, yeah, because you want to know why, why are they making that decision and what is around that? And maybe if you did X, Y, and yeah. Z, then actually you might create an even bigger result for, for the company that you're doing. That's, that's such right. great advice. Now, Jody, we're going to just take a very, very quick break for, um, some music. We have Pharrell Happy, which we all love that song. So, um, we will be right back <laughs> after the song.
to Remarkable Woman Radio. I am here with Jodie Sutter from um, the Sutter Company and she is giving some fabulous advice about how to have an expert mindset rather than a vendor mindset when you are um, not only pitching for business but you are problem solving for your clients. So welcome back Jodie and I am going to just ask some of my questions that I love to ask everybody because I know when we are growing our comfort zone because we all know business is not easy. Um, We all have our ups and downs And we sometimes like to pretend it's otherwise, but, you know, sometimes the proverbial does hit the fans. So how do you cope and what sort of strategy can you offer our listeners? Oh, yeah. Well, I think the, um, gosh, I think I'm trying to put all my thoughts into, into (laughs) or all my, my, all my, my swirling thoughts into something cohesive. But maybe that's also the key to the the question is, um, I think when you can fall back onto a strategy and that both a time management strategy and then your own marketing strategy. So something that I tried to apply to myself that I, that I advise my clients is, to never do more than you can or to do more than, um, yeah, to do more than you have time for. And I apologize. I think the phone, my phone is, is um, okay. ringing in the background. I hope that's not disturbing. No, no, um, Okay. So I think if you can decide what uh, you're best equipped to do. So one of the things I do with my clients is we figure out their strengths. And if they're going to be really, really great at marketing outreach uh, or prospecting, outreach, cold calling them, that's what they should do. If they're, 
if they hate that, but they're going to be really great at going out on the speaker circuit and giving keynote addresses to their target audiences, that's what they do. And then once you understand what, you, what, what you're really good at, you can actually assign some tactics around that. And I think one of the things that keeps me motivated is understanding my strengths and, and committing to those tactics that are, going to, um, that are going to help me win business, my own business, uh, around those strengths. Also making a commitment to scheduling those types of things in every week. Now, I know some people are really militant about how they schedule those those time blocks into their schedule. I tend to move mine around a little bit, but I always make a commitment, whether it's on a weekly or monthly basis, to fit those marketing activities in. Yeah, I like that actually because what you schedule actually does get done because um, I know a lot of us can have things rolling around in our heads but until it's actually you make an appointment and you actually front up, then it actually happens and it's so important, isn't it? Just I like that. So focus yeah. on your strengths, stop trying to be everything to everyone and to actually um, schedule and focus time for your own commitments to to yourself. I, I, I think that's just really wise yeah. advice because... Yeah, otherwise you end up spinning your wheels, just flying off in all sorts of directions, and that's when you get frustration and distraction and all of those really good good things that just keep us stuck, right? So, yeah. Um, Jody, do you... Exactly. Yeah. Um, do you have a guiding principle or theme for your life? You know, something that you like to think that your brand stands for, or even you personally? You know, I think that it, it goes back to this... Uh, it goes back, I think, to this ability to, oh, gosh. You know, it's funny, as I say it, I'm not sure if it sounds as positive. This, <laughs> this ability to control one's destiny. So I know sometimes control is not always a good thing. Mm-hmm. We always ha- Sometimes we have to learn how to let go in order to invite, um, invite new opportunities into our life. On the other hand, I think with my clients especially, so maybe there's a bit of a dichotomy here. With my clients especially, they need to be willing to control, I call it controlling their new business destiny. So they need to be willing to accept the fact that they can be the ones to control that new business destiny. Uh, they, they can be the ones to choose the client that they want to work with. Um, on the other hand, I suppose in my own life, I probably am way too much of a control freak. <laughs> and uh, for me, I think a lot of times it's uh, it's learning to let that feeling of control go a little bit and be willing to accept what life offers me and to recognize that. I'm not always very good at putting that principle in place. I love that you've just addressed what, what really the whole human race is all about. It's like, <laughs> it's got, it's, it is a dichotomy of we needing to control and needing to let go. We actually need to, to do both. But I really love what you say about um, business, about being able to control your new business destiny. I think that's actually, you yeah. know, there's a lot of wisdom in that because then you're now creating your own ATM for your own business. And if you know, if you can control, yeah. you know, who you're going after, what you're doing. I mean, that that actually gives a lot of, um, I would imagine it adds a lot of momentum and a bit more ease into inside the business. So because that desperation kind of pushes, it pushes things away. Whereas if you are, you know, if you're, you know, in control of your own destiny, if you're in control of the way you're attracting your clients, if you're in control of the way you're delivering what you need to do, then then you've got a business that is, 
you know, that is functioning. Um, so, no, I love those answers, Jody. Thank you so much for that. That's uh, a lot of wisdom there. So, um, oh, thank you. <laughs> do you have any really good um, tips on organisation? Since you just, just admit that you're a bit of a control freak, um, I love knowing all of these, you know, different things because there's so many options out there that sometimes, you know, getting to choose what can help us best is really tricky. But do you have like yeah. a little ninja trick that you that you um, really like? Well, you know, one of the things that I do. Um, with all the tools that are out there, all the software tools and the apps, um, this is a really, really old school. It's not even old school. It's just a low-tech um, weekly organization device that, uh, that I've developed for myself. So I have a to-do list. I've always been really big on to-do lists, and I love the crossing off of the to-do list. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I found was um, that my to-do list would get so long because there's always like my reading list. There are always way more books on it than I can possibly have time to read. It's the same thing. There's always more things than I want to fit in. So I started doing something a few years ago in my notebook uh, on the the left hand and the right hand page. On the left hand page, I write my uh, every week, usually on Sunday night, sometimes Monday morning if I let myself off the hook on Sunday night. I'll write down my to-do list for the week. And when it gets bigger than I can fit on that one page, I start to eliminate and sometimes I'll make sort of a for the future list and sometimes I'll just uh, eliminate it and trust that when it's time, when the universe feels like it's time for me to um, address that to-do item again, it'll come back. There'll be a reason for it to come back. Um, and then on the other side of my to-do list, and if you'd like, I'm, I'd be happy to send you pictures that. <laughs> I don't know if you can post things online. Yeah, that would be great. But on the too. other side, I, I, I pencil out all my, my appointments. I've got my calendar. My calendars, you know, my online calendars where I have my, my, my firm record of what I'm doing and I move stuff around. But that penciling out of where I've opened time lets me then start to schedule those to-do items during the week. It makes me realize that, you know, I've got a block of hours on, say, Thursday morning. Uh, and that can be a great time to take advantage of in order to get a head start on or to continue working on a longer-term project that keeps lingering on my to-do list. But, um, and what I'm also trying to do for myself is just be really, is to get better about the, um, the panic about the, the whole idea of running out of time. So I'm reading a couple of things now that talk about, you know, how time is really this human illusion. And um, the more I, th- I think about that, the more reassuring it is. It makes it easier to walk away from my desk after a long day and um and it just makes it easier to yeah let go of stuff that i don't have room for I love that, Jody. Thank you so much. And I think I'm actually going to try and adopt that for myself. So I will put, um, if you want to send pictures through, I will put that on my Facebook page. That will be um, remarkable.nz on Facebook and um, we'll post links to it. Thank you so much for that. Now, I always ask this question and as women who are owning who we are, what is most remarkable about what you do? Aside from what you just told us, by the way, I think that's quite remarkable um, about what you do and who you are. So it's Again, it's a value. If we don't value who we are, then others won't. So don't be shy. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, for a long time, I thought one of the like the biggest value was my ability to organize and put systems in place and and help my clients get more organized. And um, for a long time, I resisted 
uh, the C word. I resisted calling myself a coach. Mm-hmm. And then I started to realize that um, my my clients were coming back to me because of my intuition, my ability to listen to or recognize things in, the, in, the, in what they were telling me, whether that was telling me verbally or whether that was looking at their material or talking to their clients. Um, and so it's, uh, it's, that's learning to trust my own intu- intuition. I think that's really what makes me remarkable. Thank you so much for that. So, um, so Jody, how do people find you? Well, people can find me on my website, which is www.thesuttercompany.com. Uh, right. That's probably the best way. I can also be found on uh, Twitter mm-hmm. at Jody Sutter, J-O-D-Y-S-U-T-T-E-R. And uh, as well as LinkedIn. Again, just searching on LinkedIn for Jody Sutter or the Sutter Company, you'll get you'll find me. Brilliant. Thank you so much for joining me today on Remarkable Woman Radio. I have learned a lot. I've been taking notes actually while we've been talking. So um so once again thank you so much for joining me and um I look forward to uh sharing your your podcast with everybody out there because you've got so much wisdom. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I've been I, I'm honored to be a guest. Great. No, I think we need to get you back again, Jody. So thanks. We'll see you later. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. You have been listening to Remarkable Woman Radio. You can catch us again next Tuesday at 3.15 on 104.6 FM or anytime on planetaudio.org.nz forward slash remarkable woman. We'll see you then.